Thank you for listening to the Belong Art Community Podcast, brought to you by the Belong Art Community Residents and funded by the Regional Arts and Culture Council. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about and by the residents of Belong Art Community, a unique place for individuals living with developmental disabilities, for artists, and for those who fit both descriptions. First up, the long resident David Hutzler. My name is David Hutzler. I live at Belong Art Community. I've lived here for about a couple of years. I attend classes at Fame Academy, and I also sing with two musical groups, Voices Unlimited and United by Music. I am really good at singing and taking care of plants. My favorite plant, which I'll talk about, is the Phalaenopsis orchid. I actually found out about gardening from my mom and granny. I really enjoyed flowers when I was two years old. I had a whole bunch of tulips at my house in Pittsburgh. And after that, I've really enjoyed flowers. I've had the opportunity to travel to many different gardens around the world in places like London, the Netherlands, and Hawaii, and also Portland. My two favorite places in Portland are the Japanese garden and the Chinese garden. My favorite flower is the Phalaenopsis orchid. Why I like the Phalaenopsis orchid is it's really easy to take care of and I get to rebloom. I found out how to take care of it from the internet and my mom and I have grown a lot of orchids at our house and we've gotten them to rebloom for us. It's not only known as the Phalaenopsis orchid, it's also known as the moth orchid. And the reason why all the different parts of the flower represent parts of the body that you would see on the moth. The petals represent the wings. The center of the flower represents the moth's mouth. And the curly tongue that you see coming out from the center of the flower represents the proboscis of the moth. What I like about the Phalaenopsis orchid is the blossoms, some of them can be fragrant, but what I really like about them is the variety of colors. The Phalaenopsis orchid, it's a very easy plant to take care of if you just follow a few simple steps. Number one, make sure that you don't overwater the Phalaenopsis orchid. The roots don't like to sit in too much water. If that happens, they can get root rot. Root rot, in this case, means that the roots could die. The plant could die. These orchids, when they're growing in the rainforest, they're epiphytes, which means they grow in trees. But in this case, they don't hurt the trees. They're usually found in the crooks of branches, the roots hang down. So the plant does like a little water, but it doesn't like too much. If it gets too much, then the plant could die. That could damage the roots. So usually when you get these orchids from the grocery store, usually they come in ceramic pots. The roots of the Phalaenopsis orchid like to photosynthesize. They photosynthesize, so they like to have their roots exposed. So therefore, when you get it home, 
take it out of the ceramic pot and place it in a location in a window where it will get bright but indirect sunlight. Most importantly, when the orchid is done blooming, don't give up on it and throw it away. The plant is taking a rest. It will bloom twice, once in late, late winter, early spring, and again in the summer. And when you do want to cut, cut the flower spike back, when it is done blooming, you can leave the entire flower spike on or cut it back to the nearest node and hopefully soon you'll get a new flower spike. But if the flower is totally brown, then you would cut the flower spike back to the bottom of the flower spike. I've had my current Valenopsis organs for a while. A lot of them have been given to my mom and dad and me by other people because they wanted us to get them to rebloom. The flowers, when they're blooming, they last a long time. The easy way to know when they're about to drop is they start shriveling up, and when that happens, you can either let the flower drop on its own, or you can gently pinch it off. If I were to get into gardening, if the other person was to get into gardening, I would say start by growing a flower that's easy to take care of, like the orchid. They're very easy to take care of and grow. One trick that I do, this might sound a little funny, but it's true. I am what they are called, and I quote, the orchid whisperer. In other words, in this case, I, I talk to my orchids and I encourage them to rebloom. One important tip is that when they're growing or blooming, you can also encourage them by giving them orchid fertilizer. I'll be back next time with more gardening tips from David. Thank you, David. Next up, we'll hear the first in a series of original stories from Belong resident Landon Wyndham. Once a villain, always a villain? Can a formerly bad man become good when the whole world wants him to be bad? Find out now on the premiere episode of Unnecessary Evil. You may be seated. Would Dilbert care to read his statement? Thank you, Your Honor. I really think I've been rehabilitated. <laughs> You're not too reformed, are you? What is that supposed to mean? I serve my time. I assure you, ladies and gentlemen of the parole board, I, I am an honest man. That's a little disappointing, if we're going to be honest. Disappointing. I'm not a villain anymore. I've changed. What do you plan to do when you get out? I plan to live my life to the best of my ability to thank the world that I can grace it with the years I have left. We have someone we want you to meet. Meet? Oh, God, is it a child of Mr. Falk? You couldn't be more wrong. I've heard of you. You're one of the newer criminals, aren't you? I would hardly call myself new anymore. Are you here to talk about my final heist? Don't worry. I won't talk about the death you caused. You have more than paid your dues for that. I'm talking about the crime, the execution of it. I don't follow. We brought in this scoffer to review your final criminal act with a more 
nuanced opinion. Is this some kind of joke? We don't joke here, Mr. Sist. We will now present video footage of the crime. The robbery was clearly staged. Any one of those people could have tackled you when your back was turned, but they didn't. Obvious acting. What? They were terrified. Do you have any idea how people react to hostage situations? I know that everyone has a basic survival instinct that your so-called hostages conveniently forgot about. They were scared out of their minds. That's survival instinct. I'm pretty sure survival instinct is doing what helps you to survive, not crying like a little baby. I use those people's lives as collateral, and somehow you're being more insulting. Thank you. Why, you insufferable ignoramus. I bet you never held anyone hostage, have you? Because I am a genuine do-batter, I only hold babies hostage. They can't fight back. Babies? That's horrific. It's method. Hold on. What is he doing on the loose? He's the kind of sicko we find in solitary. Punishment applies to rejects, Dilbert, such as yourself. Well, you have a lot of nerve walking in here like you own the place. Mr. Sist. The tea is silent. Mr. Sist, we only wish to offer a perspective. Perspective? What kind of perspective? I was locked away for 40 years. And you know what? I deserve that. I deserve more than that, but I don't believe for a second that this man deserves to be walking around. Mr. Sis, what do you plan to do when you get out? Haven't you asked me this already? And we have yet to receive a satisfactory answer. What kind of answer do you want from me? Let me redirect you to our questions. Have you any intention of resuming your prior activities? Why? I plan to eat at a restaurant again. I plan to find myself a home again. I plan to go to the store to shop for fresh apples, to meet old friends, if any have survived. No, Dilbert, you won't. Won't? What do you mean I won't? None of those options will be available to you, at least not on the right side of the law. Once a villain, always a villain. You still don't understand that, do you? We've heard enough from you today, Scoffer. You may go. Very well. What the hell is going on here? Do you want parole or... Of course I do. Then you will engage in further criminal activity. Of course not. Swear to God. This isn't an interrogation, Mr. Sis. This is a request. Hold on. You want me to commit crimes? And he finally sees the light. I was under the impression that the purpose of justice was rehabilitation. Our purpose is not justice. It's brand management. Do you recall the Great Molasses Heist of 64? Of course I do. It's my claim to fame. It's the one that started it all. It, Of course, now I'm ashamed of what I've done. This does not change the fact that the public loved it. If you wish to be released, you're going to need the public's approval. Think of it as a performance. One last job. Next time on Unnecessary Evil. 
Dilbert, I never said I wanted to see you again. Martha, you broke into my house. I came here for one reason and one reason only. Which is? I forgot what it was. heading for downtown! So cute! And so angry! Emperor Penguin is no longer your friend. That's next time on Unnecessary Evil! That was a lot of fun. Thank you, Landon. I can't wait to hear where the story goes. Finally, we'll hear once more from Belong resident David Hutzler. This is David Hutzler again. And I would like to tell you the story of my life in music. Music has been important to me all my life. I remember when I was a young child, I had a bunch of music boxes in my bedroom that I liked to have playing to go to sleep by. One played Edelweiss, another played Rub-A-Dub-Dub, and another You Are My Sunshine and many more. I could tell if one stopped playing, even though all the others were still playing their concerto, because I could tell which tune was missing, and therefore I could tell what notes were missing. So I would ask my mom or dad to wind the missing one up again, so they'd all be playing. I was five when my parents and I moved to Portland, and when I was six, I started taking piano lessons from a neighbor. The first Christmas after I started piano lessons, I wound up on my music boxes too tight. When it stopped, I went to my mom and told her, and I quote, Mommy, Frosty stopped on E. At first she thought I meant the word E, but I really meant the note name E. After my dad came home, Mom took me into a separate room, and my dad played some notes on the piano, and I could tell him what notes he was playing. At that same age, I started singing with the children's choir for kindergarten through second grade at my church. I had fun and liked singing for people, and so I kept on singing with choirs for older children and then youth. By the time I was in middle school, I decided I liked to sing in the school choir. When I was in high school, I started taking voice lessons and sang in the school choir. My voice was deep by then, like my dad's, and I was named, and I quote, bass section leader by other choir members for two years in a row. When I was about 18, I heard about Fame Academy. Back then, the lyrics stood for Pacific Handicapped Art, Music, and Entertainment. And now they stand for Pacific Honored Art, Music, and Entertainment. At that time, Fame focused on playing on one musical a year. So I auditioned, and my first role was in Titanic. The next year, I was chosen to play King Arthur in Camelot, where I had my first major role. Two other of my favorite musicals with fame were Les Mis, where I played the role of Javert, 
my first villain role. To play a great music, and I made a good friend, Aaron Hobson, who played Jean Valjean. My really favorite play was Lily Wonka, starring me as Lily. I had funny lines and a great costume. I made lots of friends in all of the musicals I performed in. When I was in my early 20s, another music group I was invited to join was UBMNA, United by Music North America. I met the founders at Portland's Warfront Blues Festival, which I went to with my parents almost every year after we moved to Portland. My dad loves to have his 4th of July birthday celebrated with fireworks. UVMNA is a blues ensemble that includes neurodiverse and neurotypical musicians performing on stage together. I've performed with UVM at many events, including Waterfront Blues Festival and the 10-year anniversary of UVM Netherlands in Amsterdam. I still sing with two adult vocal choirs at my church and ring with the handbell choir. Last summer, I auditioned for the Portland Rebels and was invited to join the Midwinter Rebels performance at the Newmark Theater. Ever since I moved in, into Milan, I've attended the jam sessions. Sometimes I lead this for other residents of Milan. I've also attended the karaoke sessions and I'm still involved with fame. My recent musical was The Poet's Shadow, and now I'm currently involved in Stop Making Sense, a new project, and the auditioned rock ensemble. I would like to share an audio that I did, that I soloed at Fame's recent gala. The song is I Wanna Dance With Somebody by Whitney Houston. Check it out. I need a man who'll take a chance on a lot of birds enough to last. So when the night falls, my lonely heart calls. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. That's the end of our podcast yeah, for this month. If you enjoyed what you heard, We'll be back next month with an all-new episode. And if you have interest in learning more or donating to Belong Art Community as a nonprofit, please go to www.belongartcommunity.org. This podcast was written and performed by David Hutzler and Landon Windham. It was recorded and produced by Jason Rouse. Original music by Ian Aponin and featured guest voices Lauren Hoskins, Courtney Hommeister, Ted Douglas, Jessica Dart, Ian Tralian, Sam Burnett, Emily Panos, Clara Sullivan, and Lucas Weinberg. Chelsea Stevens is our producer. We'll see you next time. Oh, I